People are leaving their careers to pursue the ALP. And they're doing it, leaving the career that they thought was going to be the one to make this the one. We're here to find out why. Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Larry Geyer. We're in here with Dr. Sean Pestuch. It's curious to me that career-oriented professionals with families and partners and mortgages and the whole thing are leaving stable, long-term projection careers to make the career that they want to have with Active Life. And I'm curious about what you see as the underlying motivations to do that and the vision that they're holding that allows them to realize this is this is how my family needs to move forward. I think what's equally interesting is the people who are getting out of, for example, being mom for the last five to seven years uh, or being dead for the last five to seven years without any consideration of what would come next who are jumping into this as well. I think that they're I think both of those two audiences are are doing this for similar reasons and by that to be clear you mean someone who's been for example a full-time parent yeah, as their job. You know yeah. you, you had babies 5 years ago, 7 years ago or your wife did and you're in a position now where you're like okay, I I've been staying at home or I've been mostly at home in the yeah. last few years been some part-time work, some temp work, some online work, but it hasn't really been fulfilling. It's just kind of served the need to drive a few extra bucks into the household, yep. if at all, while I focus on being a parent. Yep. And we're seeing that happen more and more. I just spoke to somebody recently last week who her concern about enrolling was that she didn't have the time or the experience that other people in the industry who she knows have mm -hmm. enrolled have. And her fear was about being, uh, being able to have financial success as a client mm. without those things given. And when we started talking about it, it became much more clear what she was actually looking for and why. And that's what I think makes an interesting podcast. So I, I like the question. I want to set the, the premise for some people so they understand kind of where you're coming from with this. What's happening is more and more people are jumping onto calls with us and saying, for the last 10 years of my life, I have not had work that was inspiring to me, whether it was full-time work or no work at all. I have not had work that was inspiring to me. I'm interested in, in enrolling in the ALP because it seems like it would be inspiring to do that kind of work. Mm. Why does that happen now uh, is the question that I think you're looking to answer. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. And yes, I, I was going to say as well as what's, what's made it so difficult for people to do anything like this until mm -hmm. this point. Well, I think simply put, when, when you when you start to slice it up and we and we really simplify it, what are the options for somebody who's looking to change careers? Anybody who's looking to change careers. And I don't mean from sales in technology to sales in real estate or sales in, you know, I don't know, software as a service to sales in product. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from being a nurse to working with clients in a health and fitness setting. I'm talking about from selling insurance to working with clients in a health and fitness setting, the way the ALP does. Mm. Totally, totally different skill set, totally different client, totally different demand. Everything is different about it. What I think happens is this. When you're looking for a career change like that, there's going to be a ramp in education and experience that's expected by the client who you're going to serve on the other side. 
most of the time, people who will do that will go back to school, spend two years, three years, four years, if not more, to go to school with the hopes that when they graduate, what's on their degree earns them the opportunity to get a job. Working for somebody else, making less money than they were making before or similar money to what they were making before with a fairly low ceiling as to what that money could be. So it's, I think I like the idea of doing this thing the money isn't great, but I think I'd be really happy doing it. It's just that school is two to four years long and it's pretty expensive. I don't know. When they look at ALP, which is the curriculum and the mentorship that we put out for people transitioning into the lifestyle that we teach coaches to develop, where you go from basically working with clients on the problem that they have in the gym to working with clients on the problems that are not inside of the gym, but that the gym can support the solutions to Mm -hmm. is it doesn't have to cost you 50 grand to do this with us. And you don't have to wait two years, three years, four years to start making all of your money back. And you don't even have to make any financial ROI in the first year for it to make sense. Mm -hmm. And you can use that year to gain the exposure and the experience that you think that you need while you're getting the education from us that gives you the confidence that you can be really valuable and then start earning your living two years later. And it wasn't until I started having that conversation with people that it made sense to me because I was always in the environment where I thought people need to make their money back right away. When we first started building education for coaches, we did so because in a way, I should say, that allowed them to make their money back right away. Because I always hated taking education. And then when it was over, they were like, all right, good luck. Go get a job. Go or any, or like you have a job, but this doesn't teach you how to be more valuable financially. Just if you rub on it like that, it might work. So I wanted to build an education that paid for itself as students went through it. Mm -hmm. We did that. And that works for the people who are ready to earn the money right away, who are in the environment where they can find clients and serve clients and feel confident doing so. What never occurred to me when we were doing that is that there is an audience of people for whom making the money back right away is low priority. Becoming valuable with the awareness that they're not yet is the high priority. And that's what I find really interesting about the moment that we're in right now. It used to be that only coaches and trainers were buying this to become better coaches and trainers, which created the obstacle for us of explaining to them, you don't know how to do these things without saying you're dumb and you're not good at this because that's not what our intention was, but it's how that message is often received. To now we're talking to, we're still talking to those people and much more effectively, but we're also now getting to speak to people who are completely aware they have no idea what they're doing in this industry for whom the rate of return is not where I would project they would want it to be in terms of the speed with which they make their money back from the education. And I think that taking ALP, going through the mentorship, being a part of a group that's supportive, that's genuinely trying to do something that other fitness professionals are not trying to do, is inspiring. It feels safe. It is safe. And the timeline on which people start to make that money back is... is a perspective I had not had until recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what it sounds like is it's not 
it's not the number one most important thing for all people who want to feel good about doing work like this. Right. I spoke to a, a mom recently who told me that she was interested in doing ALP, but she was afraid she's not been a trainer before. And she was afraid that if she did this, uh, she wouldn't be successful. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's, that's reasonable. What does success look like for you? She's like, well, what do you mean? I said, what are, like, when you say you wouldn't be successful in this, what does that mean? Well, I don't, I don't know that I'd be able to build a full career off of this in any kind of a reasonable time frame. What's a full career? What's a full career? What's a reasonable time frame? And then here's the, here's the kicker question. I asked, if you went through this education, you spent $15,000 with us, one $5,000, and at the end of the year, you had only made back $15,000 with us, meaning the, the education and the experience was effectively free. You, you paid for it with house money. Would that be successful to create the opportunity for you to figure out if this is the kind of work that you want to do full-time for the rest of your life? You spend a year learning how to do it. You have a lot of help and support along the way. You make enough money throughout the year that you just make enough to pay back the course. Not a number I would ever brag about anywhere that people were making working with us. But you make enough back in your first year just to pay for the education. Would that be worth it? Would that be success? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah. So, okay, well, now all we need to do is back into the math on what it would take for you to earn the money back in a year. Where are you? She told me where she was. I went into the system, figured out what she'd be able to charge per session. It was in excess of $165 a session. Now... I knew she would not feel confident doing that. Mm -hmm. She's new. So I said, let's just do the math on 80. $80 a session. Yeah. Okay, which is half of what we would tell you to charge where you are. Are you comfortable charging $80 a session to people yeah. if you're telling them, look, I'm brand new? She needs to do like 17 sessions a month. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm brand new. I don't really know what I'm doing. Would you feel comfortable telling people that? If they said, okay, yeah, it's good. 80 bucks is fair for that. She's like, yeah. I said, great. Now let's do the math on how many sessions per month you need to do to pay back $15,000 in 13 months. 15,000 divided 13 times is, what is that, about $1,100 a month? $1,200 a month? I think it's $1,250 a month, somewhere around that ballpark. What's that number divided by 80? It's like 15, 14. Okay. So you would need to do, let's say, 15 sessions a month. How many sessions per week is that? What's 15 divided by 4.3? It's like three and a half. Okay. How many times per week do you think somebody would train with you? Once or twice. Great. Let's say once or twice. So how many people would you need to be working with to hit your 14 to 15 sessions a month? if they each train with you once or twice a week. It's like, two? It's like, great. Two people. Do you believe that over the course of the next 15 months, you can, or the next 13 months, you can find two people who want to work with you? Perhaps people who've already asked you what you do for your own health and fitness? Are there two? It's like, yeah, there's a lot more than two. I said, are there two who you can imagine working with you? She said, yeah. I said, okay. 
what is your level of confidence now that the the year of working with us would be successful given that the criteria is simply you make enough money to pay back the course and you figure out if this is something that you like to learn about and do inside of 13 months. And she was like, it's, it seems unreasonable that that wouldn't happen. Meaning it's, it's, it's almost obvious that that would happen. It's great. If you'd like, we can connect on what it looks like for you to enroll. And so that's, that's, that's where that conversation is at now. I went on vacation after that and it wasn't urgent for her or for me to make this thing move faster. So I think that more and more people like that are enrolling with us because it's something we're becoming conscious of as, as, a, as a success criteria we never considered before for people. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, another story that comes to mind for me is a mom that I spoke to yesterday. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most energizing conversations I've had in a long time. She's been a stay-at-home mom for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And her husband is in sales, has been carrying the family. And a year and a half, two years ago, she started a personal training business. And she is egregiously inefficient at what she does and is egregiously undercharging for what she does. And it's not because she's unintelligent. She's very intelligent. It's that she is the person who is going to spend 5x the energy to cross the T five times to make sure that the person is getting more than what she promised them from all the angles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> She's working 28 hours a week right now, all things included. <clears throat> when I asked her at the end of the conversation, the only thing, like wh wh what's the thing that's leaving you feeling like this isn't appropriate for you? Because over the course of an hour together, we reasoned that it was. She said as much. What's, what's in the way? She said, just having the balls to do it. And we both left. And I said, well, I want to make sure we're clear on that. Because I'm not convinced. Is it that you're fearful and just need to be courageous? Or are you fearful because you're legitimately concerned there's some aspect of this that you're not going to be capable of doing? And she said, okay, I, I believe I'm fully capable. I'm not going to be braggadocious, but I know I'm capable. I'm really good at what I do. I was like, I, I believe that. She said, okay, here's what it is. And then she started to get teary-eyed. And then she said, I'm going to get emotional. And then she started crying and she shared, I don't want to let my family down. And I asked her, you don't want to let your family down? Yes. How would you do that? Well, I've just been a mom. Not just. I, I've just, my full-time job has been stay-at-home mom. Two kids and I have some challenges. And I need to be able to be present and attentive to them whenever I need to be. And right now my clients, if they knew something crazy happened, they would be okay with me not servicing them for some time if I need to take care of something. Um, but yeah, that's, there's that. And we did the math on how she could, she wants to make $2,000 more than she does right now per month. We did the math on how she would make $2,000 more per month in half the number, I'm sorry, in two thirds the number of hours when we were helping her. Mm -hmm. We did the math on the amount of time that she would have for her kids and her husband over the next six years until her kid goes to college. If we were helping her versus not, she would have 7,500 more hours with her kids. It's a lot more over hours. The, over the next six years. And she would have <clears throat> $140,000 more dollars over the next six years. So 
for her, it was coming to terms with, would your husband and kids say that you are being detractive as a wife and a mother by putting 20 hours all in, in something that drove you crazy with passion? No. What would they say that was doing for them when you take those 20 hours for you? That it was making me a better mother and wife. Okay. Mm -hmm. So would you be letting your family down if you did this? No, I would. I'd probably be serving them. It's interesting. I just, I, I don't want to say a similar conversation with somebody because it wasn't in the same vein, but it was, it was adjacent. I spoke with a woman who for a long time supported her family, support, especially when COVID hit, supported uh, the income of the family through her work. And I'm sorry, it was before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, her husband carried the load because his work allowed for it and her work was effectively gone. And when she went to consider enrolling in ALP, her big thing was, I don't want my husband paying for this though. Mm. So why not? She's like, I just, I want to do this on my own. It's okay. When you were supporting your husband, when he was struggling, did you resent him for that? She was like, no. Why, why would I resent him for that? I said, I, I'm not suggesting that you should. I'm asking if you did. She said, no. I said, how did it make you feel to be able to support your husband when he needed support? And she goes, okay. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'd, be, I'd be holding that back from him. Mm -hmm. And he might want to do it. So he might. I'm not suggesting you should ask him to. I'm suggesting you should ask him if he'd like to. Right. To and, avoid the projection. <clears throat> yeah. And she did, and she enrolled. Mm -hmm. And and like with his me, help, yeah, nice. And to me, that's that that's a beautiful thing because it's it's just we have these thoughts in our minds about what other people want and don't want to do, and until we have the conversations with them, they're all just thoughts in our mind based on nothing. And she was able to have a conversation with her husband that allowed her to pursue something that she was extremely excited about. And he was able to support her and be a husband who wanted to be there for his wife. Mm -hmm. Not even, not to be reciprocal of the work that she did for him, but just because he's a great husband. And I found that to be extremely uh, insightful and inspiring at the same time. Yeah. So I want to do another podcast where I, I want to discuss some of the math that I think is misunderstood. And we can say that for, for the next one, but I'll tease it out a little bit. I don't know if you remember the guy who was leaving training to become a radiology tech. No. <clears throat> there was a guy who was leaving training at a big box gym we worked with to become a radiology tech because there was just a more certain future for him there. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> reasonable, but he wasn't excited about it. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the math of what that costs as compared to the perceived income that it generates compared to what going through something like ALP could mm -hmm. do for somebody. I'd like to do that. Turn pro.